Today on the show, I'm speaking with David Howitt. He's the author of Heed Your Call, uh, who used to be a lawyer who could no longer refuse the call of the universe and how he's teaching people that you can have both success and money and follow your heart and be fulfilled. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show and today my very special guest is David Howard. How are you, David? Hey, Natalie. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Uh, you have a very inspiring message for our, our listeners and our, our viewers um, and you have an exciting new book coming out and I can't wait to share the information and content you have in that because it's very relevant to a lot of people in our community. So well, why don't we start first of all with just your background and your story? Thanks, Natalie. Great. I appreciate it. Um, so let me say that I grew up in a, a culturally Jewish home in the Midwest of the United States where um, really one decides early or is uh, meant to decide that you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor or a CEO. And I followed that path, um, what Joseph Campbell and his work would call the known world, and uh, pursued what I think a lot of people do, which is you go to college, you get a four-year degree, and then you maybe look to go into grad school. Uh, all the while, kind of quietly, in the back of my mind and, and kind of in my life, there was a whisper, at times uh, louder, that was saying, there's something, there's something different for you, David, something that you're meant to do, a purpose, a dharma, that is maybe not in keeping with what the expectations of your family or community have for you. But I did whatever I could to sort of quell that voice, to quiet it. Um, sometimes that might have been, you know, drinking too much beer. Other times it might have been exercise. But I employed a, a variety of strategies to sort of keep that voice at bay um, until it became untenable. So I, I went to law school. I graduated from law school with great degrees, became a lawyer, joined a law firm. Uh, and after about a year and a half of practicing law and billing time in six-minute increments, um, it was really getting to the point where my soul's desire, my purpose, my reason for being uh, really wasn't going to lie quiet anymore. It wasn't going to be dormant and allow for me to live an inauthentic life. It culminated one evening uh, in the law firm, one of the many evenings that I worked late, when I went to use the restroom and glanced down and saw an industrial-sized tube of Preparation H that someone had squeezed like a toothpaste roll um, to get every ounce of it out. And I thought, I'm not going to become that person. And made the decision at that moment in time that I was going to heed my call and really start listening to what the universe wanted me to do. Right. Um, that was the first big inflection point for me. So that's, um, it's very interesting, so many points about that story. Um, obviously, you know, you, you have a very um, uh, religious influence when you're young um, and you have this, this, this straight-laced path, uh, but still you have this voice inside of you. And I'm sure that there are many people watching this video that can relate to that. And even if it's just the, there's got to be more than this, there's got to be more than this. So, okay, so you, you have your moment um, with the Preparation H, and, um, and so what's your next step? Like, where do you go from there, and how, how, do, you, how, do, you, um, how do you justify or, or really help to quell, stop quelling that, uh, that voice inside of you? It's a great question, Natalie, and I think for a lot of us, that moment which Joseph Campbell and his work referred to as the abyss is, is really unsettling at best. 
everything you've done in your life, you've done to get to your present moment. Mm. And suddenly you're confronted with this notion of it was all for naught. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not who I am. This is not my deepest desire. And for a lot of us, you know, that's a frightening place to end up. And I think what most of us do is we just fight through that abyss. You know, tomorrow will be a better day. Buck up. You know, the old Protestant work ethic of put your shoulder to the plow. The harder you work, the more you toil, the more you suffer, the more successful you are. I, my soul was not going to let me do that. And uh, and I had around me enough mentors and guides and people that really what I did is something that was incredibly difficult and new for me. I surrendered. I let go. You know, I was brought, frankly, brought to my knees. Uh, I had to really throw myself at the mercy of the universe and say, tell me what to do here. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, Natalie, because it's at that time that creativity is at its highest, that possibility is at its highest. The ego has been effectively broken you are now closer to your true nature, closer to your internal divinity than ever. And that's when the mentors and guides can show up. That's when the universe can actually start to co-create with you. you know, and for us, it, you know, it's worth stopping and chatting about this for a second because it's counterintuitive that at your weakest moment, at your moment of deepest suffering, of really full capitulation, that that's actually the beauty. That is the spot where where really you can manifest your intention. From that place, the you know, as in the Buddhists, they would say, when when the student is ready, the teachers will appear. It's that moment that your guides, your mentors, your teachers can actually start to help you because you're open to the help. You're open to the guidance. So for me, that's what happened. I gave up. I surrendered. I let go. I stopped caring about. Is this going to disappoint mom and dad? Are my grandparents going to be upset? What about all those professors that wrote letters of recommendation for me? What about the people in the community that expect me to be a successful, powerful attorney? Um, what about my wife who probably maybe had some expectations around me providing through that focused approach of life? I let go of it. I had to. And when I did, that's when the magic started to happen. No, I, I um, completely agree with you because any, any of moments that I've had in my life of, of immense creativity um, and ideas and so forth is when I've got out of the way. Exactly. I've got out of the way. I'm like, okay, it's not about me. It's not about my message. It's not about am I worthy? Will people listen to me? You know, how will people judge me? It's about I've got to get out of the way and be the conduit for the message that's about to come through. Absolutely. Now, and what I love about what you do is you say that you know, which I completely agree with, you know, because I, I, I too, I mean, I went through 10 years of what I call my beige years because they were just, you know, beige. Right. Um, many different businesses, nothing was fulfilling. Um, I knew that something was missing and it wasn't until my movies came along and that I actually started to feel alive again and felt like, you know, I was on purpose and on, on track. Um, but there is something from every single business, whether it's a business experience, a skill, life experience from each and every one of those businesses that I actually bring to my movies. And if I hadn't have gone through that journey, I wouldn't have recognized the opportunity was what that it was and I would have been able to capitalize on it. So, Absolutely. you know, I think that's really important. And I could not agree with you more. And it re- it's reflected not only my experience, but all of the amazing entrepreneurs and businesses that we have the pleasure of working with, the story is consistent over and over and over. And, you know, 
mythology, which most of us think, well, you know, I remember reading some great myths in college or high school, or maybe a parent read to you. We think, oh, those are neat stories, but they're, they're more than stories. They are the difficult questions that we wrestle with contextualized into stories, and they are really, for us, uh, instructive and constructive, and they can provide us with real uh, important sort of guiding principles. So Joseph Campbell, who I've referenced a couple times, was really the foremost authority in mythology, and in that, he recognized that there was one myth that's been consistent throughout all time, all history, all spiritual belief systems, and all geography. If you pause, that's pretty powerful. That one myth he referred, referred to as the hero's journey. Now, the hero's journey, Natalie, as you know, has been the basis for Star Wars, for The Wizard of Oz, for Avatar, and many, many others. And there's a great George Lucas interview where Lucas says, Star Wars did what it did in the world, not because of the acting or the animation. I told the hero's journey, and it tapped into the collective consciousness in a really material way. Yeah. If you look at the hero's journey, which is very formulaic, and overlay that against our own lives, and against the lives of the businesses that we've worked with or started, you, you kind of have one of those moments where the hair stands up on the back of your neck. So you have, you know, Dorothy living in Kansas, the known world, with all the expectations of her known world. You're going to live on a dirt farm. You're going to milk cattle. You're going to, you know, sweep and broom the field. Uh, but the universe wants something more for Dorothy. So she leaves the known world, crosses the threshold, and enters the unknown world much like Odysseus did in the Odyssey, and much like a founder does when they leave Nike or they leave their job at you know, the big corporation and say, I'm going to listen to my call. I'm going to heed my call. I'm going to leave the known world. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to do that thing that my soul wants me to do. What happens usually shortly after that is that moment of abyss yes. where you're like, oh, my God, I have a mortgage, kids in college, a car payment. What did I just do? I don't know how to make this happen. I think I may have just made the biggest mistake in my life, and hence their previous conversation of you just have to surrender and let go and trust, and as you correctly put, get out of the way. Yeah. That's when Obi-Wan or Yoda, or in the case of Dorothy, the Tin Man and the Lion and the Scarecrow can show up. And if you remember in the case of Dorothy, those three were there for heart, brains, and courage. And they're there to travel with you. They can't take the journey for you, but they can travel with you and help you with what Campbell called the tools of transformation learning how to apply yourself in this life in a way that's authentic and holistic, not subscribing to what we call the tyranny of war, which is you either have to be a person who is interested in meaning, purpose, culture, empathy, intuition, authenticity, or you have to be a person who makes money. The reality is the universe requires us to be both. When we get up in the morning, set our alarm clock, put our clothes on, dot I's, cross T's, balance our checkbook, and bring culture, purpose, meaning, intuition, and empathy into our lives, the magic happens. Abundance ensues, and you have a full and, and prosperous life from the soul perspective. So Dorothy, of course, travels on the yellow brick road, her path, and then reaches what Campbell calls the defining moment. For her, it was realizing there is no wizard. There was never a wizard behind the screen. It's always been her. And that famous line where Linda the Good Witch says, silly girl, all you need to do is click your heels together three times. You, you are the co-creator of your universe. You manifest your life. And as a result, you are divine. The divinity resides within you, and you co-create with the universe. 
And what we see in our own lives is that same trajectory, that same path. We see it in businesses. And when you can view that and, and, and really understand it deeply, it provides a roadmap for us that gives us a little bit of comfort that our life does have meaning and purpose and there is a path for us and we can walk that path. Absolutely. You know, whenever I um, reference the the, the journey, hero's journey, I always talk about the matrix. You know, <laughs> red pill, the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, yeah. Do you want to live in the matrix? And you know, yes, your life may feel fine. You'll go to your cubicle every day. You'll have a glass of wine. You'll be married. You won't be married. One day you'll be fit. Next month you won't be fit. Some months you'll have more money in the bank. Some months you'll have less money in the bank. Um, but really, it's all just what the Buddhists call samsara, the wheel of suffering. Mm. Or do you just want to live an authentic life? Once you take the blue pill and you wake up, the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. There's no going back. <laughs> you can't plug her back in. And you're now on your journey, as Dorothy was when she left Kansas, as Luke was when he left his little, uh, you know, small planet to join the rebel force, as Frodo Baggins was when he left the Shire, and as w where I was when I left the law firm. And where each of us, you know, finds ourselves in our lives. Once you're on the journey, you're on the journey. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my position is, and as it's outlined in my book, Heed Your Call, it's incumbent upon all of us to do that. You know, in, in doing the research for my book and looking at old Judeo-Christian liturgy, there's this interesting phrase, tikkum olam, which literally translates in Aramaic or Hebrew to repair the world. Now, modern-day people have interpreted that to mean charity, philanthropy. Write a check, make a donation. But really, if you read further, tikkun olam then is referenced by a phrase, ruach Elohim, which means breath of God. And there's a really powerful, elegant point where it says, the way to create tikkun olam, to repair the world, is to return to the ruach Elohim within us, the breath of God within us. And so it's, it's my position that, when we live from a place of our authentic divinity, from our purpose, our soul's deepest desires, when we live from that place, we repair the world. Not only our own lives, but the world. Yeah. So my greatest hope and intention with this book is if I can help more people live from a place of their soul's deepest desire, a place where they can co-create with the world, where they can actually express their divinity in their daily lives, then maybe I'm helping to repair the world. Now, ego will chime in and say, he's asking me to go live in an ashram. He's asking me to join a yoga cult or to quit my job and go live in a commune. That's not true at all. What, what we refer to this as is the power of and versus the tyranny of war. This is about having one foot in the world of being a householder, understanding that commerce and capitalism and business happens around us. We live in that world. And then having the other foot in the world of infinite possibilities, in the world of co-creation, of empathy and intuition, of the soul's real deepest desire, and integrating that. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, following your heart, and then the money will follow you. It's not like you have to have either or. Now, you know, as you, anyone that's watching this video now is realizing we have simply only scratched the surface. <laughs> and there is so much more that we could talk about, um, which is actually why I've asked David to be on our members-only Subliminal Success Accelerator call this month. Um, if you want to find out more about that membership and uh, to, to listen to David's call, uh, there will be a banner on the side here that you can click on and, and find out more about that membership. Um, but um, if people want to purchase your book, which I encourage them to do, uh, where can we send them, David? 
Yeah, so the book will launch on February 25th, um, which is 12 days from today. It can be pre-ordered currently on Amazon by simply searching Heed Your Call, uh, David Howitt. Uh, you could go to iBooks. Uh, you can ask your local bookstore. Uh, and or also you can go to www.heedyourcall.com. I'm really excited for the book to get out, Natalie. And again, it's my highest intention this book can be helpful I think it's unique in the sense that there are a lot of business books, there are a lot of books on spirituality, but this book has really created integration between the two, and it's based on not just theoretical, but on real-world examples of how we've seen this manifested in the world. Absolutely. Now, guys, if you click on the banner to the side of the video here, you'll actually go straight through the app to heedyourcall.com, uh, where you can purchase the book through from there as well. So thanks again, David, for joining me. Thank you so much. No worries. And look, guys, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons above. Download the app if you haven't done so already so you can watch the shows on the go. And make sure you put your email in the box above there so I can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's valued at $87, and I'd like to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.